0: you've attended council hearings in person you've tuned in to our televised proceedings on channel 13 now you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council with your host josh gibson
1: thank you deep voice person with a funky backbeat indeed this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the headquarters of the Office of Cable TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment, which is also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television. So it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the Council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know, if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the DC Council is just like your workplace, except with the dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Uh, So, without any further ado, let me welcome our guest today, here for his second round interview, Councilmember Robert White at Large.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me back.
1: Thank you so much. Um, Now uh, frequent listeners, you know, uh, we recently wrapped up our first round of interviews with council members. Those are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Those focus mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies. Now in the second round, we're going to focus more on life at the council their experiences, learning curves, surprises, the ins and outs, ups and downs at the council. And a disclaimer, uh, unlike the first round, this round we're sharing the questions in advance so the council members could prep if they chose to. And the council members can also pass on a question if they want to. So um, without any, uh, I guess we already said without any further ado, so without any even additional further ado, (laughs) So you're relatively new to the council, but you have enough time under your belt where you've had... Joy and sorrow, and anger and celebration. Uh, let's start on the the happy
0: end of the spectrum. Why don't you talk to me about something you're proud of? Um, what, what I will say this, uh, you know, I've gone through the entire spectrum, and uh, I've been on the council for almost two years now. Uh, but but I still, almost every single day, I walk into the council building. I, I feel uh, immense pride uh, to be serving in that role and to be working in that building. Um, but the the happiest moment for me if I had to uh, pick one would be the recent passage of an early childhood development bill uh, that I wrote which was originally called the BEGIN Act and passed as a section of the birth, Birth to Three for All Act and this was a bill that I started to conceptualize after I won the primary, and my daughter uh, Madison was born uh, three weeks after I won, and so I was still campaigning, and you know coming home to my daughter uh, in the evenings, helping out in the mornings. And uh, I, I started to to really try to understand early uh, brain development and uh, from there started trying to learn more from uh, child development providers and use all of this uh, to write the BEGIN Act and uh, that bill recently passed just a couple weeks ago and uh, is now uh, on its way to be in law in DC. And, uh, and that was a really cool thing to know that's something that I wrote inspired by my daughter Madison that will impact, you know, other uh, little kids other parents uh, to see that become law um, really really uh, was a cool thing for me and in fact um, one night I got home very very late uh, way too late to put my daughter to sleep and my wife sent me a picture of my daughter uh, watching me at a hearing that hearing happened to be uh, uh, the hearing on the BEGIN Act and uh, it was a pretty pretty cool experience Awesome. Now, you know, at the
1: council, we're super focused on ethics. Is Madison registered as a lobbyist?
0: She is not yet registered uh, as a lobbyist, but she plans to file her, her paper soon. Because
1: that sounds like some untoward access, <laughs> you know, where you're getting the like the late night visits and the early morning whispering
0: in daddy's ear, you know. That, right. There's some paperwork we need you to uh, fill right. out. It was, it was inspired by, not not written by. Excellent. That's fine. <laughs>
1: it's a fine line. Um, so tell me more about the content of uh, the bill.
0: So the, the bill aims to uh, stabilize uh, the early childhood uh, education sector from two angles. One, as a parent, uh, I know all too well that the average cost of uh, what people traditionally call a daycare, but really is uh, early childhood development, the average cost in D.C. is uh, about $1,800 a month. Per child, and so you know it's costing families a ton of money. Uh, on the other end, the workers who work there are, are making, on average, a hair—just a hair—above minimum wage for what I really think is one of the hardest jobs in this city. And uh, so I wrote a bill. It's really kind of technical in nature, but what it aims to do is to increase salaries for the workers and create a a market space that will help us lower costs for families by creating more uh, more seats for kids. Um, allowing current providers to expand and new providers to uh, come into the market. But really what we're trying to do is capture that brain in the uh, zero to three age range where 85% of core brain development happens. We wanna make sure that we are are using all the science we know to really exercise those brains and, and get them going, get them a head start.
1: Yeah, I mean, the people that are baking brains should make at least as much as the people that are baking bread. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's uh, exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it seems to me that we could borderline replace the whole rest of our government if we got things right in the first three or five or six years of a child's life. Yeah. There's so much that can go wrong and it's so costly and difficult to fix yeah. that if you just nail it initially... Um, you it's my head start's called head start that's right. you why know, I have such a head start
0: on life that's why the this uh the return on investment for uh investments in early childhood development or early brain development is 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 manifold you're talking about reduced poverty increased lifetime earnings uh less uh, dependence on uh, public assistance uh less repeated grades it, you know it just it, more parents especially uh, mothers able to return to the workforce because they could actually afford to send their kids to a a strong program. So there are just so many benefits of making these investments. And we're seeing some uh, momentum nationally and uh, it's uh, been having the opportunity to travel around the country to work with other state legislators uh, to talk to them about the work that I've been doing here. And
1: I know we were definitely ahead of essentially the nation when we had guaranteed uh, preschool for, what was it, four or Three five, and four. Three and four. Yes. But um, are we? Paralleling that are we still kind of on the cutting edge for that or folks caught up to us?
0: No, we are actually uh, Unfortunately are still way ahead of the curve Uh, Very few states have uh, any public pre-k much less universal So we were already ahead of the curve Uh, with the BEGIN Act. We're just I think on a different track altogether
1: Gotcha, and I know uh, that the uh, the Challenge with that bill is uh, it's only partially funded that's right currently so where where do we stand on that uh, how, how far are, are we gone and how what's left to do
0: well we've uh, been able to fund uh, a, a few pieces of, of the bill uh, the, the major funding will have to come in the future uh, I do uh, see some clear indications from the mayor that she is prioritizing early childhood development and uh, really what you need for uh, a bill of this size you do need support from the administration so uh, my hope is that they will be working with us to fully implement it Uh, my hope I I think that in the hearing for the BEGIN Act uh, we really went through with providers with economists uh, with college professors uh, how many benefits there are to these investments and so uh, getting the council and the administration on board I think that we can get this funded in the next uh, next couple years
1: yeah, I said the same thing to Councilmember Allen about uh, books. To, uh, books from birth. That if there's anything you're going to get someone behind, hopefully it's that. That's right. Hopefully you're not sticking your neck out too far, and uh, it's a win-win. That it's easily passed. That's and,
0: exactly and right. massively helpful. Yeah, there, there's no ambiguity in the science on on early brain development.
1: Yeah, and I, and the funny, the only reason I bring that up is that people are so um, when you watch the news you get uh, partial messages about the the life cycle of a bill. You know, the bill's introduced, and the headline says bill introduced to do blah, blah, blah. The average person reads it and basically thinks it's done. Or, you know, they just, oh, the council did it, but they don't understand that you have to introduce it, you have to have a hearing, you have to vote on it a couple of times, That's and then right. even if it gets signed, and Congress doesn't mess with it, you still need to get it funded. Still need to get it um, funded, That's You know, right. And uh, we, we have on our website a list of bills that have not from council periods many years ago that have not received yes. funding, that are—it's like the, uh, you know, the old schoolhouse rock where bills sitting on the steps, you know, waiting <laughs> to get passed. Some of them are waiting to get the cash to pay for, you know, even they got passed. That's and, right. You know, That's so right. it's critical that that we fully fund the things that bypass them if we're not going to fund.
0: Them. That's right, and, and 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 funding is a challenge, and I think the average person uh, doesn't fully understand that you know DC does have a lot of money. We are uh, very lucky in the sense that our coffers are full. But when you start out with a proposed budget and people say, well, why don't you just fund more uh, affordable housing? Or why don't you just fund early childhood development? And uh, every sector has their cheerleaders who want that to get funded. And they say, well, why don't you just fund this? you to fund something, you really have to take the money from somewhere else. And uh, our budget in DC, really is is very socially focused and so it gets very difficult to see exactly where you could pull money from so it's a it's a more difficult process than i think most people appreciate uh but uh, but but it's you know what happens every year in the, the council's budget process which i'm all too happy is over uh for this fiscal year for this coming fiscal year
1: Absolutely, although it, it does help when you have cute children at your hearings. Uh, that's right. That, that helps you uh, win the arm wrestle over uh, funding a little more easily. That's right. It's hard, hard to say no to those cute little children. Yeah, it's true. So they're, you know, knock on wood, hopefully uh, heading on the right track. And that's a happy thing and, and a victory worth celebrating. Uh, but why don't you talk to me about something that, that hasn't gone right? Talk about a, a failure, something that's gone wrong uh, that, that you, uh, maybe you wish had gone differently.
0: Um, well, the the uh, mayor recently uh, issued her first veto, and uh, the veto was of uh, my bill, which would have, um, I think, corrected a mistake that our DC public schools made. Um, they uh, changed in the third uh, term of the year, they changed the attendance policy, and so it really had a negative retroactive effect on some students who had gotten an attendance policy from their school at the beginning of the year, followed it, were passing their class. Uh, and then DCPS uh, said, no, we're going to have a, a, a system-wide uh, attendance policy. And, and so that meant that some kids who uh, were academically passing their classes and meeting the attendance requirements that their school had given them, they all of a sudden weren't going to graduate or weren't going to pass to the next grade. And, and, and I, I think everybody knows uh, kids have to go to school. You know, you, you got to Show up, but uh, but you follow the policy that you're given, and and I think that the uh, uh, the outcome there was was unfair to the kids. Um, it wasn't a fun bill to write, you know. None of us on the council loved having to do it or having to pass it, uh, but but I think it was the right thing to do and uh late last week the the mayor vetoed it and uh you know this show isn't about the the politics of it all certainly uh people have reasonable disagreements all the time but uh i was disappointed uh that we weren't able to find a way to to help those kids who had followed the rules and uh you know my hope is that for those young people uh it won't leave a bitter taste in their mouth that they'll uh, just be able to pick up the pieces and um and 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 you know, have some important life lessons. So I wish I could have uh, figured that out for them. Uh, You don't win every battle. You know, you you fight with everything you got, and uh, sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. Here's my
1: analogy on this, and uh, and if you end up using this analogy, I just want a 10% cut. If you make any (laughs) t-shirts or caps or anything, I I want a cut of the the conditions. We have speed limits. Sadly, people routinely violate the speed limits we put in speed cameras guess what we do when we put in speed cameras for the first few weeks we give warnings because people have been knowingly violating the law and getting away with it we're just saying hey sorry guys we're going to start actually truly enforcing the law Mm -hmm. but we understand that you need to transition from your previous understanding of enforcement to the new understanding of enforcement And painful as passing that bill was, I think that was the idea, was we changed how we were enforcing a law. We shouldn't hold that against the people. We don't, I I guarantee you, if we took away the warning period on speed cameras,
0: The phones and emails will blow up they absolutely would so um so it's a good analogy the the one i've used is i'd say well you you know you have a job your boss tells you you have five sick days you come up for a promotion and your boss's boss says you don't get the promotion uh because you took four sick days and the boss's boss decided that the new policy is three is that fair And uh, I think the answer is that no, it's not fair. You know, when you go to work, you got to show up every day, but you also know what the policy is. And if it changes uh, after the fact, then that's just not fair. Um, So.
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, I think there are votes like that that are challenging, where it's, you, you see a public policy reason, you see a kind of a role model, a message we have to send reason, you see a fairness reason, and you have to, at the end of the day, either vote or not vote. That's right that's right and i know that bill check or a number of council members in their comments had two or three different opinions
0: Yeah, personally. <laughs> personally you know but you still have to you know either vote yes or vote no. That's right. And there are a lot of issues that come up like that on the council um, where uh, you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, I think that has honestly been the biggest surprise for me in this role. I understood the the legislative process and understand how politics work, but I I don't think I fully appreciated on the local level how many uh, votes you have to take where uh, there's no clear right answer. uh, But... That is what you have to do, and you you have to use that vote and speak for the people as best you can.
1: Yeah. Um, now, at a, a, a new feature that we're uh, calling our saddest moment on the council that we're referring to as a tears on the dais, which sounds like the worst R and B song ever written. Yes, it does. Um, but uh, have you have you had any of those? Have you had any you know uh, people speaking up at hearings and telling you about struggles that just
0: you just couldn't take it um i've had a few of those and that sort of speaks to the realness of this job uh local politics intersects with the everyday life and trials of uh, so many people and um you know one of the most poignant hearings for me was uh, after one of our uh, unfortunate uh, public school uh, crises. We had students testify. Students from Belue Senior High School, uh, which I, who I think ended up being painted in a bad light. And one of the students testified and and said, we need mentors. We need people to come to our school and and help us. And to have a student uh, look at us, look at me as a council member and say they needed us to show up more uh, was was a, a, a tough moment. Um, certainly, I, I took it to heart, and uh, I've tried to do that. But, uh, you know, we try to be, uh, as council members, I think so many things to so many people. Um, you know, it's it's tough when somebody says you're, you're not doing enough. But really, the, the level of honesty uh, with which it is said from a student uh, who has needs, who knows they have needs, um, is something that really will, will strike at your heart.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's times where I think governing feels like like Sim City, you know, like yes. you're kind of making plans and it's kind of vague. And then there's some of those hearings where you are just like, just tears your heart out of your body, yes. just hearing about people whose houses get condemned because the developer next to them messed up, and they had to move out of their house and yes. live in a hotel. And I mean, just the, the you know the terrible drive-by shooting this week, and some of it is just. It's just so sad. It is. So, so sad. But just, I mean, it's why you come to work every day. So, um, okay. Well, now everyone's all depressed. That's um, right. Good job, Josh. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. But I, I, the rumor has it that you may have a, a funny uh, council member uh, a situation that, that might have... Dealt with the tiny lobbyists
0: that that was mentioned earlier. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I um uh, I I had to speak at a um at a legislative meeting on on a very important bill. I can't remember which uh, bill it was. It was a very important bill, and I I sat down on the dais and realized that I had a whole bunch of food and slobber from my daughter, because I drop her off every morning uh, at school, on my shoulder. And uh, so as I'm trying to give some serious statement, there was gonna be this big white patch on my shoulder. And uh, right before the, the hearing was supposed to start, I ran to the bathroom, try to get some napkins to wipe it up. Well, white napkins, when you wet them, they just leave more mess. And so luckily one of my uh, staff members, Andre found a towel damp towel brought it up to me and just before i had to give a statement i was able to use this towel to uh to clean off uh madison's impressions hey but i mean that's
1: we've all been there and and that first i'll get you some street cred that's right you know and um You know, you could have just sort of sat through the whole legislative meeting at kind of a rakish angle. (laughs) We're on radio, so you can't see what I'm doing, but kind of looking over your shoulder. It looks suspicious uh, for anybody who can't see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we, we, yeah, we got to figure out what date this is and uh, zoom in on the (laughs) video and see what we can. I'm sure you can can see the traces. Um, and, uh, and I also uh, understand that you may have a pet peeve uh, about how the council operates.
0: Um, well, I, I do. Um, and, uh, and this one is, is, is probably no secret. But w- we don't start anything on time, and, and not even nearly on time. Um, and so that, that's a pet peeve because, you know, everybody, everybody on the council has incredibly busy schedules. And you have to build in this, like, two-hour buffer for when a meeting might start. Uh, which to me is absolutely crazy uh certainly there will be delays, but uh you know i'm a believer in uh starting on time and ending on time so that's a that's a tough one
1: yeah, yeah, I am a person who personally is late quite frequently, and it's kind of a dose of my own medicine when uh-huh. I try to when i have to deal with that i'm like oh is this how people feel <laughs> that's that's what it feels like yeah yeah our, our last meeting i i tweeted out that, that the council you know we're in the eastern time zone but we're operating in the central time zone and then i think by the time we started i think we were well into mountain or pacific i think that's um, probably right so uh and it's all well-meaning it's not we're not off goofing off or whatever yeah. but it's just yeah it's not not
0: cool it's not cool but um, I will I will say this um, the the last legislative meeting uh, obviously uh, like all of them started late but I was in a meeting um, with the chairman and with another council member and with an affected resident trying to figure out how to get right a vote that we were gonna have to take on the dice and so uh, for folks listening even though it's still not right to start so late all the time uh, it is legislative business going on that is uh, generally the delay
1: yeah. I mean, people, I think, like to think we're in a smoke-filled room <laughs> with a glass of port and a cigar. That's right. Popping bonbons. Um, if, if only. Smoking $100 bills rolled up, <laughs> you know, but uh, now no, we're just, we're trying to get the stuff done. So, right. uh But anyway, um, so, uh, I mean, I guess there haven't been really surprises for you procedurally because you were pretty steeped in uh, in things prior to arriving. But is there is there anything that's come to you as a a big shock.
0: Um, you know, other than the the number of difficult votes we take, uh, there, there haven't been a lot of shocks. Uh, I had a, a number of years of legislative experience on the federal level uh, b- before I came here. And uh, so so it haven't been a, a ton of experiences. There, there are a couple small rules, technical rules I wish were a little bit differently. Certainly, if uh, Phil Mendelssohn is, is listening, I, I do wish I had had a committee this year. I think I could have gotten a little bit more done uh but uh, but yeah other than those things uh most of it has been what i expected and uh and i have uh, enjoyed it
1: yeah
0: um now so like big picture
1: uh how would you like to see things change are, are there issues that aren't getting addressed or aren't getting enough focus um I,
0: well, th- there, there are things that I would like to see changed. Uh, some of these things, though, come down to what the legislative process is and uh, the slowness of government, which as much as it frustrates me on a daily basis, I do always remind myself that uh, some of this is intentionally built in. Because if um, if ideals change so far from whatever ideals you or I hold, we don't want to see a government be able to completely transform and reverse itself overnight. And so when things move slowly for me, I try to remind myself that uh, that there is a good reason, even if I don't always like uh, the, the outcome um, but uh but most of it is uh is as expected i think that i would like to see the council uh dig deep more deeply into some uh particular issues i think that and this is hard to do with so many elected officials but if we could identify uh two things that we want to fix and we could work uh, together cooperatively across committees to fix those things whether it's our schools or affordable housing crisis I think we could fix those things but right now what we are trying to do is fix or maintain everything and so uh, I see a sort of as treading water um, but some of that really is uh, as the process is set up so uh, it's something I'll keep working through
1: yeah, I mean it's a little bit like the old, you know, carnival act where they're spinning plates on poles and like there's only <laughs> so many that you can do. Sometimes you need to focus on two or three instead of trying to keep eight or ten going.
0: That's right. That's right. And so. and, and to anybody who's listening who thinks that uh, what what I said is too ideal, uh, one, I recognize why you think that, but two, uh, it also is very feasible. You know, when we recall uh, that Mayor Williams uh, some 20 years ago set specific goals for this city in terms of growth and business development and uh, and help build out a, a framework to execute that, uh, it did indeed happen. Probably bigger. Uh, than he expected and I think it's time for us sort of to regroup to re-understand uh, where we are in our city and what exactly our needs are um, and to work toward those goals but uh, but if certainly if we don't set specific goals then we we certainly will never accomplish them
1: yeah and we, and we all get frustrated with checks and balances when our side is uh, in charge you know but then when the other side's in charge you know you kind of like to see him there that's right uh, you know, our, we we have, I think, more checks and balances than anybody. You see, other in Europe, uh, governments get elected, and they basically get to show you, like, this is the way I want the world to look. Yes. Like, they have great freedom, and if that's not your side, you're bummed, yes. you because know, it's going all the way in one direction. That's right. Um, so at least, you know, we kind of moderate things. They also tend to have more parties, which I think makes things interesting. Do uh, You mean more uh, social engagements or more, more, more political po- parties?
0: <laughs> more political parties. Okay. Thank you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because I
0: think we're <laughs> holding our own That's right. We're doing okay with the yeah. uh, social parties.
1: Yes. Uh, now, you already completed our uh, put the desserts in order closing question on your first round. Yes. Um, so what we're trying out for the second round is, because uh, we are almost out of time, I should add that, um, we have a... Uh, Uh, The the council members have to pick at least two of the following. Do an impression, which we know you don't do from last time. Tell a joke. Tell us about a strange thing you collect. Tell us about an odd job you had. Tell us about one ludicrous thing you can't live without. Tell us about your weirdest family member. Or (laughs) shower me with effusive praise.
0: All right. You have to do at least two of those. At least two of those. Okay. Uh, let me go with an oddball job. So I've been working since I was in the sixth grade. Um, first job was sweeping up hair at a barbershop. Uh, my third job, I think it was, was putting up tents for a party tent company, these huge, huge tents that you might see for an outdoor uh, party. That was an odd job. And to do that in the summer, I'm telling you, is is miserable. And so God bless the, the, the people who do it. Um, let's see. My weirdest family member. That's just. We don't have enough time because I, <laughs> I have almost no family members who aren't weird. Uh, something that I can't live without. A ludicrous thing that I can't live without is candy. I love candy. Uh, was, was
1: candy number one in your ranking? I can't remember when we when we did the dessert count.
0: Probably was. Okay. It probably was. So. Any
1: particular favorites?
0: Uh, Mike and Ike's.
1: Mike and Ike's. I am a big
0: hot tamales, man. So I See, I go back and forth with Mike and Ike's and hot tamales. They're just about even. It just depends on the day
1: okay and i try to ask at least one question um per episode that's going to kind of get me in trouble so your first job was sweeping up hair at barbershop yes and you're a bald man currently is this does this cause any kind of inner strife is this you know talk to me about this
0: you know it's it 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 hurts that uh that that i lost my hair so early but you know i actually still make my way because i do have a beard so you know i find an excuse to still go to the barbershop and Chop it up with the guys there.
1: Yeah, understood. Understood. Um well like I said, sadly we're just about out of time. Um, but uh thank you again listeners for joining us. Tune in again next time. We're at DC Radio at 96.3 on your HD4 dial or at dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. Thank you again, Councilmember White, for coming. Really appreciate it. You've been generous with your time once again. Thanks for having me back. Thank you. Take care.